On our route home, we are always passing by the little airport at Mount Pleasant. Uh, and at night, there's a rotating beacon that, that's always on. Uh, and I can remember, especially when the grand, some of the grandchildren were younger, we would say, that beacon is telling all the airplanes, come here. Here's a safe place. Here's a place where you can get out of danger. And so the rotating beacon, actually, literally, that's what it's for. The, the beacon is sort of a shining message uh, to planes, and maybe especially to planes that are in distress. Here's a place to come. This is a good place. You can land here. This is a place of safety. A while back, that beacon was off, apparently broken for some reason or another, and for Quite a while, several weeks, it wasn't rotating at night when we would go by there. And our reaction to that was, they need to fix that. They need to get that fixed right away. There might be someone who in trouble who needs that beacon light to show them where to come. And so ultimately, they did get it fixed. But I just want you to think along those lines. You know, here's the airport. Here's the rotating beacon. Here's a message. Here's safety. Here's where you can come if you're in trouble. I want to apply that to the text that was read to us by Ben just a few minutes ago in Matthew chapter 5, beginning verse 4. We remember these famous words from the Sermon on the Mount. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So this is our job as Christians. Uh, We're to let our light shine. People need us, especially people who may be in distress, people who are in trouble, people who are lost in sin, folks who are suffering all the horrible consequences that sin brings into one's life, not just their physical lives, but spiritual lives as well. All the horrible consequences of sin, people are suffering those things And they need to see the light. Uh, We need to let the light show. We need to be showing them the way to safety. But there's an implied danger here associated with that, that our light might be hidden. Jesus said, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. So he said that might happen uh, in such fashion that our beacon of safety to the people who are troubled in sin might not show out. And the people who so desperately need to hear about Jesus and the salvation that he offers might not get that message if we've hidden our light under a bushel. And so we want to talk about that this morning. We need to be letting our light shine, but there is this danger that we could hide our candle under a bushel. We want to talk about that for a few minutes this morning, about some of the ways that that might happen. Of course, it's, our intention is to be advised so that it doesn't happen to us. Our children in their little classes will sing uh, about let your light shine and hide it under a bushel. No, the song goes, and uh, that's what our encouragement will be. Don't let your light be hid under a bushel. Thanks for being here this morning. We want to express appreciation to one and all who are here. Uh, we have some visitors with us, and we're glad that you've come our way. We want you to come back every time you have a chance to be here. If we can help you, especially with Bible study materials or even personal Bible study, 
If there's anything that we can do to assist in those sort of ways, please let us know. We'd be anxious to do so. But we're glad that we have this opportunity today to come together to worship God. We're glad you're here to be part of it. So, clearly Jesus suggests that you can hide your light under a bushel. That's definite in the statement that he made, right? And so, let's talk for a minute about what some of those potential bushels might be. What might be some of those bushel baskets that would cause us to hide our light? Let me suggest to you that fear, uh, that in, intimidation uh, by unbelievers might be one of the things that would sort of tempt us to hide our light and not let it shine. Have you ever seen some of those crazy videos where people are, are on their phones and they're texting or they're paying attention to the phone and they walk right into something? I saw one a while back where... where a woman looked like it was maybe in a shopping mall or something, and she was busy texting away. And she walked and dove headfirst into a, a, a pool of water that was there with a fountain in the middle of it, and she dove right into the middle. You know what she did? You know what was the first thing that she did? It wasn't that she uh, worried about being all wet or maybe even worried about ruining her phone that she was carrying. She got up and she looked around. To see if anybody was observing her. Of course, people were observing. There was somebody even who was taking a video of what she was doing. But isn't that typical that when we do something like that, when we, when we make a blunder or even when we just clumsy, are clumsy and we take a fall or something, we jump up worried what others might think of us when they saw us do that. Well, I want to suggest to you that Satan knows that that's sort of in our nature as well and that he uses that to get us to quiet our proclamation about Jesus and salvation. Satan wants us, Satan tempts us to want to fit in and to be like the people around us. Uh, we, we don't want to stick out. We don't want to be different. And so Satan uses that. And so the, the fear, the intimidation that comes from unbelievers in the world, it causes us, or at least could cause us, to hide our light and not let it shine. It, it might be young people in a school environment, or it might be adults in a work environment. It might be us in our community, in our neighborhood. It might be us even in our own families. We don't want to be different. We want to fit in. And so that desire, Satan plays upon that. Uh, and he, he uses that to... Keep us quiet to hide our light. Christians have to be different. The very nature of our business as disciples of the Lord requires us to be different. And when we are different, when we stick out in, uh, in, a, in an increasingly wicked world, then it's, it's going to cause some trouble. But we've got to let our light shine no matter what. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Paul said, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Notice here that this is a definite. It's not a maybe. That if we are living godly in Christ Jesus, there will be some persecution that comes our way. In our Bible class this morning, we were pointing out that we've lived pretty free of persecution. Certainly we haven't suffered any harsh physical persecutions as others have in, in, in throughout all the centuries and even in our world today. There are those who are suffering harsh physical persecutions. We've not been subjected to that, but we might be. But regardless, there is persecution that comes from being a Christian. And the, and the desire to avoid that persecution, the desire to not 
stick out, the, the desire to blend in, to be like the people around us. That is one of the things that could cause us to hide our candle under a bushel. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, Jesus said, Ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Notice that Jesus never, had, never, never hid this reality of, about being his disciples. He never said, oh, come on, you can be disciples, it's easy, you'll, you'll have no troubles, everybody will love you and think highly of you, and you'll be treated royally by everybody. And the, he never said that. What Jesus said was to express the reality that you'll be hated for his name's sake, but you've got to endure that. In verse 28, he went on to say, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. This is where the fear really needs to be. Who is the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell? Well, that's God, right? We ought to be much more in fear of God than we are in fear of man. Uh, so, as we said, even in Bible class this morning, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, you know, what, what's the worst that men can do to you? Well, what could God do to you, if, on the other hand? Who should you fear more? Where's the greater danger? What men can do to you or what God could do to you in judgment? And so, with that in mind, uh, we need to not let this fear and intimidation keep us quiet. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and, and just sort of a little bit of background here, commentators often think that maybe the great man Timothy was a little timid or shy, and maybe he was at times afraid. And Paul wrote to Timothy for, and said in 1 Timothy 1, verse 7, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. It's generally acknowledged that Paul was telling Timothy, don't be afraid, speak up. Or, as Jesus said, let your light shine. And so, again, one of the potential bushel baskets that we might, that we might hide, that might cause us to hide our, our candle is fear and intimidation. Certainly, worldliness, uh, and immorality cause us to not be shining out brightly to the people who need to hear the message of salvation. Have you got have you got one of those new super bright flashlights? I'll tell you, some of these new flashlights that they have come out with are just incredible. On a dark night, you shine that beam, boy, it looks like you. It, I mean, you can see half a mile away at least or further. I mean, these new bright flashlights. I mean, old flashlights, you might as well just throw them away. They do they do not get the job done. You need one of these super brights. So they, they measure them in lumens, right? Uh, and you've got to get, get all the lumens you can get, man. I mean, you want all the lumens you can get. And those lights are so bright. Did you ever turn one of those on out in a bright, sunshiny day? As bright as they are, they don't show up on a bright, sunshiny day, right? Uh, and, and so the point of that is th- that light, is bright, it just blends in with all the other light that's out there. It's just like everything else around it. And so it, there's no advantage to showing your bright flashlight in the daytime because it just blends in with all the other light that is already there now i want you to make i want to make you a point about that uh what about us as christians and let our light shine well if if we're just like all the people the world around us it'd be like the flashlight in the daytime we're just like everything else 
if we're just like all the people around us, if, if there's no distinction, if they can't see a difference, then really we're not letting our light shine. And that is a huge danger. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul says, Be not conformed to this world. But that's what's happening, right? That's what's happening. When we conform, when we let the wicked world pull us along, uh, as, as the shifting norms of society are, are constantly moving in a, in, in a more wicked and evil way, and, and we allow those norms to drag us along, we're not letting our light shine. We're just blending in. We are conforming to the world. So when we dress like worldly people dress, when we talk like they talk, when, when we act like they act, when we go to the places they go, when we associate with people of the world and don't try to make a distinction and show the difference between living a godly life and, a, and an evil life. When unbelievers can see no distinction, when we're conforming ourselves to the world, then we're not letting our light shine. They cannot see any difference in us. And when they can't see that difference, they're certainly not going to come to the light. In Titus chapter 2, verse 12, Paul mentions the way it ought to be. We need to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. That's what we need to do. We need to be different from the world. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul was talking about spiritual gifts here. We understand the context of this. But he makes a statement, and we've, we've emphasized this in the past. This is, this is broad application. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 8, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? Well, what is the uncertain sound? We, we might be giving an uncertain sound. We say, we say one thing when we come to church on Sunday. But during the week, we live like the people of the world around us. What message are they going to get from us? It's an uncertain sound. We're not, we're not giving a clear, distinct message. We're not proclaiming the truth of the gospel and the need for salvation. We are letting our light be hidden because we are conforming to the world with worldliness and immorality. We've got to be very careful about that. Such an important thing to observe. I think a lack of love could be one of the ways that we hide our light. You know, our relationships with one another in the body of Christ are so very important. Uh, and, and I think it's one of, the kind, one of the things that God intends for us to use to attract people to the gospel. When they see Christians, and Christians have great relationships with one another, and there's clear love and concern, a, a, a mutual bond that exists between the people of God, that's a, that's a thing that's attractive to people. It draws people, and it should. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But the, the flip side of that is, if, if people of the world see great negativism, hypercritical judging of one another, gossip and backbiting and strife and contention, uh, arguments and division, when that's what the people of the world see in the people of God, then the world sees that and they say, well, there's nothing, there's nothing attractive there to me. There's nothing worthy of note there. I, I wouldn't want to be a part of that. And so in our relationships as Christians, if there's an apparent lack of love, then that can be a thing that keeps our light from shining. 
In Galatians chapter 5, beginning verse 13, Paul says, Through love, serve one another. So, here's the emphasis. But, in contrast to the love that ought to exist, he says, But, if you bite and devour one another, and he says, Take care lest you be consumed by one another. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. Those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, remember, and we've recently studied this text, but in Galatians, he's addressing Christians, right? And he's urging them to have love, but he says, there's the real possibility that these other things could be true. Enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. He's writing to Christians, and obviously he's pointing out, these are issues for Christians. These are things that can be true of you. Be careful, because when those things happen, when, when that is evident in our relationships with one another, when the world sees that, we're hiding our light. They're not, people are not going to come to the light. They, they don't see the light. They don't see any advantage in being a part of that, right? And so it can certainly destroy our influence and hide our light. But I want to tell you, those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God either. It also is a threat to our own eternal souls when that happens. I imagine you knew we would get to this verse, John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Notice, by this, by what? By the love that we have for one another, shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Uh, and so, it's supposed to be a sign, right? What's, what's implied is the opposite of it. If, if that love for one another is not evident, then they won't know that we are his disciples and they will not be inclined to seek to be a part of that. And so, again, I would argue that a, a lack of love certainly would be one of the things that can cause our candles to be hidden under a bushel. And then, let me suggest what is probably the most obvious application. We're, we're hiding our light under a bushel when we fail to share the gospel message. Again, like I said, I think that's probably the most obvious way to take and apply this statement of Jesus in reality, we are completely surrounded day by day. We are completely surrounded by lost people. And it's not just nameless faces out there of lost people. Many times the lost people that we're surrounded by include members of our own family, uh, our friends, our, our neighbors, our co-workers. But when we fail to share the message with them, we're not letting our light shine. And so it's not just an, an idea of sending the gospel off to some far distant part of the world, which we definitely want to be a part of, but right in our own immediate sphere of influence, we need to be letting our light shine. And when we fail to do that, we're hiding our candle under a bushel. In Romans chapter 10, verse 13, beginning... All who call out to the Lord will be saved. How can people have faith in the Lord and ask Him to save them if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? Here's, here's our point of emphasis this morning. How can they hear unless someone tells them? 
That someone needs to be you and me, right? That someone who tells the lost people in our sphere that they need salvation. They need to hear it from us. We need to let our light shine. Recently, we read Luke's account. This is Mark's account of, of the man that Jesus cast demons out of. And I think last week or the week before in our Sunday morning Bible class, we, we mentioned this. But boy, this really strikes close to home. Jesus told that man, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. Well, what about us? Go home to thy friends. Tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. I could do that. You can do that, right? That's what we need to be doing. Go tell your friends. No, I'm not talking about telling strangers. I'm not talking about telling people on a, a, a different continent. They need to hear too. But what about right here, right now? What about in our own immediate sphere of influence? Go home and tell your friends. Don't tell strangers. Tell your friends how great things the Lord has done for you. We can do that. We can do that. And we should. Because if we don't, then we are hiding our light, hiding our candle under a bushel. Is your light shining, Christian? This is a job assignment. This is a task that we have to do. We need to let our light shine. I told you about going by the airport a while back and the, the beacon light was out. It wasn't shining. And our reaction to that was, man, they, they need to fix that. They need to get that thing fixed right away. There could be somebody in trouble who needs to see that light. What about us? We're surrounded by people in trouble. And they need to see our light shining. Don't hide it under a bushel. That's a danger for all of us. It's something we constantly got to be working to guard against. And I hope that we can do so. Thanks for your good attention what we've had to say. We're going to sing a song of invitation. Our message this morning has been directed to those of us who are Christians already. And so we'll, we'll first mention you as we get ready to sing this song of invitation. If you're a Christian already, but you know that you've not been letting your light shine, that you've been hiding it under a bushel for one reason or another, change that. Get back to living the way God wants you to live. If you need the help and prayers of the saints, if we can help in any way, let us know. We'll be glad to pray with you and for you. If you're not yet a Christian, we would urge you to make that decision, the most important decision in life. Come to the Lord through faith repentance, confession, and baptism. If we can help you in your obedience, let us know while we stand and sing this song.